Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on? Oh, Derek, we are in the city of Buffalo post-blizzard, which is a statement because uh, that was an <laughs> adventure, but we're here, and we are in a studio that's not ours, Correct. to say the least. So, do you Nicer than s- ours. Yes. So, <laughs> do you want to, uh, we'll start with introductions and titles if they exist, yeah. what you're all about, and uh, where we are. Yeah. So, uh, my name is Adam Kellerman. And I own the studio that we're in, which is Legacy House. Um, I also own a retail sneaker clothing store on Elmwood called The Cellar. And uh, my fiance has a salon on Elmwood called Golden Hour. How, how do you have time for what, the, all I know. this? What, it's a struggle, man. What's the story? <laughs> so how did this, how did that whole, st- like the progression start to finish? Yeah. So it's, people always ask and it's so, it's, it's just like so weird. It's even when I think about it, I'm like, how did that happen? How did this happen? <laughs> I don't even know. Um, so I was working, we were talking about it a minute ago, but I was working uh, blacktop paving uh, out of high school. I didn't graduate high school. I made it all the way through. Um, I needed like a math credit or something stupid. Uh, my my life did a complete 180 after high school. High school and a little bit after, I uh, didn't know what I wanted to do. I was getting into trouble a lot and, and just really wasn't very motivated. Um, I started working blacktop construction because my dad did that and I was offered a decent job that paid well. Uh, So I did that for a while and realized I do not want to do this forever and I certainly don't want to work for someone else forever. Uh, So I knew I wanted to open my own business. I didn't know what it was going to be. I was always super into fashion and sneakers and things like that. An opportunity presented itself for me to open a store 
Um, and I have a business partner there as well. Uh, and so I opened the store seven years ago or so, and I immediately needed photos because we had a website. We were mm. launching our website. We had Instagram, social media. So it was like I needed to take photos and do things for the business. So I bought a camera and I started playing around with the camera a little bit. And I even then I didn't like get super into it. I always had like a creative uh, bone in my body, but I never really pursued it very much because I, I just I think at the time I didn't understand it. Um, so I needed to take pictures, got the camera, and then a few years later, I started another business, um, which was a shoe cleaning product. Uh, it was called Scuffed Up, and it was around for a few years. Um, the company fell apart. It's a long story. But you just created it? Yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> Don't gloss over that like that's so, not yeah. a big deal. So, so I met someone in Buffalo who owns a factory that makes this material called melamine. Now, melamine is what they use to make the magic eraser, like Mr. Clean. Sure. So a, a little sneaker hack is the magic eraser works really good to clean the insoles of your sneakers. Not a lot of people know that. Hmm. There's no product that existed for it. So I was like, okay, if I have access to all of this melamine, and mind you, there's only two companies in the world that have the legal rights to be able to sell this melamine shit. One of them is uh, the same company John that makes everything for Johnson & Johnson. Pro okay. Procter & Gamble is the name of the company. They're huge. Yep. And then the other company, ironically enough, is in Buffalo. Oh, really? So, yeah. So I stumbled upon these guys, and I was like, we could make a business out of this. I was young and excited and had no clue what to do or how to do it or how to run a business like that, which is probably part of the reason why it fell apart. The product was great, but I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I was probably like 22, 23 years old, like no clue. So during that time is when I really got into cameras and uh, I had to start making videos and things for the product that we had created. And we didn't have a marketing budget or anything, so I kind of had to just do everything myself um, and then the camera stuff started to pick up and I was like hold on a second I actually really love doing this and I that's partly also probably the reason why that business fell apart is because I discovered that I really enjoyed making the content for the business rather than running mm -hmm. it so then I got really into that and that business fell apart and I focused on my store for a couple more years and then I found a small space on Elmwood when my fiance and I were looking for a place for her salon. Directly behind her salon was a vacant garage um, and we had like passed by it and I was like, hey, would you ever rent the garage uh, to my fiance's landlord? And he was like, you, you wanna rent this garage? And I was like, yeah. So he ended up letting me rent the garage for super cheap and I built a mini studio in there and the camera stuff really started to pick up and uh, we outgrew that space. And I said, you know what, if we're gonna move, we're gonna move and we're gonna just go for it. We're gonna do it big, mm -hmm. spend everything we got, let's put it all in and just hope it works. And that's what we did and now we're sitting here today. In an 11,000 square foot place? 11,000, it's a little under, it's like 10,800 or something like that, but yeah. 
So what's the address? 620 Winslow Ave, east side of Buffalo, tucked away. You'd never know it was here. Not at all. Not at all. How did you find this place? So uh, one of the guys that I have uh, that helps out at the studio here, Taylor, he, uh, I had just brought him in, and I was like, I'm tasking you with we need to find a new studio. Go online, try and find us something. So he started researching, found a bunch of places. We probably looked at like 15 different places. Then we found this place, and I was like, this is it. This is perfect. Before we even looked at it, I was like, this is perfect. Called the guy. He was like, how did you even find that? I'm not <laughs> renting it. I wasn't trying to rent it. I don't know why that's online. And I was like, no, like so mad. Uh, so I ended up meeting with him. He ended up just meeting with us just just to, I think, make me happy mm -hmm. or shut me up probably because uh, <laughs> I, I kept bugging him about it. And uh, he ended up being from Clarence. I'm from Clarence. We kind of bonded a little bit. And he was like, you know what? You seem like a good guy, hardworking, driven. I'll rent you the building. I was wow. like, all right, cool. So What was this before? Nothing. Oh, okay. So he, uh, our landlord here, quick backstory on him. He is a lawyer, uh, very, very good at his job. He is a lawyer for the entire Buffalo Police Department and Fire Department. So if a cop pulls his gun, shoots, whatever, their first call is him. Hmm. So he was literally just, he bought this building in foreclosure 15 years ago. I believe it's 15 years ago, but either way, he's been using it for storage. So there, there was like nothing in here. Hmm. It was just empty. Uh, he took really good care of it, though. So... Well, yeah, you get a building like this, and it's been around for that long, basically vacant. Yeah. It could probably have crumbled if you didn't take care of it. Yeah, so. he took really good care of it. And prior to him owning it, it was a glass factory okay. at one point. So you, you get this spot, and you have this smaller studio in this garage. What was it like building this space out? Because being a creative person, that had to like really excite you. Like, oh I got God. this area for this. Like, what was that process Dude, like? It was the best. <laughs> it was literally the best. Like, that those moments were probably uh, some of the most fun and exciting times that I've had in my life so far. They were just so, it was so great. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I also, my landlord was just so cool. He was like, do whatever you want. So I was like, the possibilities are endless. We can do anything we want to do in here. Right. Like, what do we want to do, you know? And yeah, I just started, I actually made a blueprint on Photoshop of the building. And I was like, okay, this, I started putting things in different places <laughs> and figuring out how it was going to kind of be. And if you look back on that blueprint, it's actually like, I would say 75% accurate to what, oh, really? it, what it looks like right now. Yeah. It's got to be overwhelming though, too, because there's so many options where it wasn't like, just give me a direction of what's okay. Right. And they're like, no, dude, whatever you want. And yeah. you're like, I can't rationalize all of those options so what were the first you said 75 percent ish of yeah. kind of that blueprint but what were the the things that came kind of like to fruition but also changed so this room for sure that we're sitting in right now this originally was just going to be storage and this is where we were going to kind of keep all of our stuff and whatever the pot we i planned on having a podcast studio that was always the plan my original idea for it was I was trying to find like an old RV or camper mm -hmm. or bus that we could gut and turn that into the podcast sure. studio. 
um, just because it's very contained. We could control the, the sound in there more and things like that. Um, so Like sorry, that? My, my dog, yeah. <laughs> it's going crazy every time the doorbell rings. Um, so, yeah, we were going to uh, put the podcast studio on the opposite side of the building inside that bus RV thing. I ended up running out of money pretty much is what it came down to. And I was like, there's no way we're going to be able to get a bus or an RV or something and bring it in here and do all the work to it and whatever. So we kind of put the podcast studio on the back burner for a little while. And then uh, maybe like two months ago or so, uh, the storage space that we're in right now, we weren't really using all of it. Things were just kind of scattered. And I was like, we could definitely condense this. And, you know, and then we, we built this whole thing. Um, other than that, uh, I'm trying to think. I wish I had the original blueprint in it, front of me. It's got to be so strange, though, because like your, when you had the garage, you had one space for everything. Like right. product videos, photo shoots, like you have one space for everything. And yep. now you have all this room that you can have your product shoot be one area, podcast be a completely different area. Right. That alone had to take a lot of stress and time setting up because even setting up this stuff, it takes forever. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, and... It, it's so nice having all of the extra space mm -hmm. because before we were limited to what we could do. Like now I could have a podcast going on while I have a photo shoot going on. Right. So I'm able to like double book in, in, a, in a sense and, and do more than one mm -hmm. thing at one time, which has just been amazing and kind of like stress relieving sure. uh, in a sense because I can do more at once and be able to cater to other things at the same time. So when you... We're doing the production for your shoe business and then also for your other businesses. What was that first client that came by that said, hey, I like what you're doing. Can you do something for my beer or whatever yeah, yeah. it was? So crazy. Um, I recently got into product stuff uh, in the last couple years, maybe two, three years. I've been doing camera stuff for about six or so, six, seven Um but the first company that or person that really like gave me an opportunity was Rec Room. Oh, really? On Chippewa, uh, Chris Ring. Yeah, uh, I have been doing everything there since they opened. Hmm. So he was friend of a friend. Saw that I was doing some camera stuff. Um, he knew that they needed stuff for there. They weren't looking to spend a lot of money. I was extremely cheap at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we kind of just grew together, you know. Cheers. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the way to start because if you, you don't have, have yeah. you don't have that portfolio, it you was can't great. charge. Thank yeah. God for him, and he knows it, and he rubs it in my face all the time. <laughs> so he's like, "You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be doing it without me." <laughs> I'm like, all right, man. It's it's got to be interesting too because when you have customers like that, where you have the rapport, you have the history, and then you're able to like throw that shade at each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because then you can come back and you're like, you can't afford me now. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and yeah. It's just like I'm so you're grandfathered into like I'm gonna he hook really you up a hundred percent because there's so much that you could potentially charge, and you're right. like, dude, you're the first person to give me a For shot. Sure, and like I have. Uh, full disclosure raise their prices over the years just because i'm like dude it's either like that or i can't do it anymore right. i'm sorry like you know and i don't want to i love them to death and and you know i'm super grateful for everything that they did for me early on and chris and dale are both great guys um but i had to do it a i had to raise my prices a little bit over time but they are still somewhat like grandfathered in to the point where like i wouldn't charge them what 
we would normally charge uh, a new client sure. or, you know yeah. what I mean? There's, they get there's a little bit of a break still. Right. Absolutely. Or yeah. they'll just get like, hey, I, it's a business, man. Like, I got to charge A, but I can, you know, I'm going to throw you a bone. And then you right. can do like a 30-second clip and just yeah. like additional whatever and just hook them up. So what what's really worked out and has been beneficial for both of us um, is now that I have a bunch of other guys here, they're all looking for work and I'm kind of... I feel like it's my responsibility to find work and things for them. And we, we kind of have like an, ind everyone's kind of independent here, but we all work together. Mm -hmm. We all share a common goal, but I, I still feel like it's my responsibility to make sure that everyone has work and we're all good to go and everyone's making money mm -hmm. and we're, we're okay. So I've been able to give them a lot of the rec room work. And sometimes Chris and Dale aren't so happy that it's not me showing up to do the job but they know that I'm overseeing everything and the edit and making sure that everything looks good at the end, so it's okay. But that's been able to uh, help me keep the price a little bit lower for them mm -hmm. because I can send my other guys there sure. who may not charge what I charge. So I can still pay them and the studio gets to make a little bit of money and Chris and Dale don't have to pay an astronomical amount for me to show up there on a weekend mm -hmm. and everyone's happy. So what's the process like of you getting a client and doing work for them? Like, does it, when you get approached by Rec Room or some other company, what are, what are your kind of ground rules? Like phot photography, videography, like what do you offer? Yeah. So, um, a bunch of different things. Uh, videography is the main thing. Uh, that's, that's mainly what we do. Um, we also do photography, uh, a bunch of it, not as much as video, but we still do it. I also do a ton of uh, like graphics and flyers and uh, basically anything like digital, um, like digital art in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, I do a lot of that stuff. Um, but yeah, video and photography are like the main, the main things. And then here at the studio, we also offer the podcast studio mm -hmm. um, for other people to use uh, and then hourly rentals. So if you're a photographer in the area and you're looking for a studio to shoot in, um, you can rent our studio by the hour. You get full access to everything, lights, uh, no cameras, but lights and equipment, props, anything that you need. Um, from, from a camera standpoint, do you kind of recommend that people that work with you use the same equipment? Yes. Okay. Um, it's not like a, you have to do this kind of thing, but it's super helpful mm. because that way we can all, if I'm sending them out to do something, I know what the capabilities of their camera are and I know what it'll be able to handle. And sometimes even for example, rec room, uh, I'll have someone shooting there and it's two in the morning and they're shooting and they're texting me like, I, my ISO might be a little bit too high. I don't know. What do you think is the best thing to do in this room or that room? And I know what my answer is going to be because I deal with that same camera and know how it works. Um, but, yeah, it's not like uh, you have to use the same brand, but it is super helpful, especially in terms of, like, editing software, mm -hmm. not so much cameras. Like, we all use Premiere Pro here. There's a bunch of other ones. Um, but it's super helpful that we all use the same thing because we can bounce projects back and forth. I can work on it a little bit and then pass it off to someone else and they can finish or do whatever needs to be done. Are you primarily Sony or Canon or Nikon? Am I what? Like Sony, Canon, or Nikon? Sony. Sony? Yeah, yeah, Sony. 
Yeah, I have uh, an FX3, an A7 III, and then most of the other guys here have the A7S III. Okay. Yeah. So how many crazy. how many total people work here? Um, like six, five or five or six. Yeah, five or six. Yeah. We we offer like a, we also do like a membership kind of thing. Um, it's kind of like a, I'm basically trying to bring people in without fully bringing them mm-hmm. in, just to see where it goes and what we can do together. So I'm offering, uh, basically you get a desk and a chair, you pay 500 bucks a month or more or less, depending on what you need. Um, but you're, you have full access to the studio whenever you want. You can use it whenever you want. You can do any of your client shoots in here whenever you want. Um, and then also when I get overflow of work, I end up giving some to the people that do that. So, for example, I have a guy in here, he pays 500 bucks a month. He gets his desk, his chair, a place to work. He can do as many client shoots as he wants in here. And then, uh, like last month, I had two projects that I couldn't get to. They were both photography projects, and he is primarily a photographer. So I ended up giving them to him. He ended up making more money last month off of me than he paid me in rent. Oh, nice. So it ends up like kind of working out really well for him. It works out for me. Um, the goal is to have those people doing that for maybe six months or so, and then I bring them in full time mm-hmm. and say, okay, you don't have to pay me monthly anymore. Now you're just a part of the team, and I'm going to have enough work for you every month that you'll be good. That's sick. Because yeah. it is really a trial and error. Because it's not just like a checking box thing. It's how good can you be at doing this? So right. do you try to have X number of photographers, X number of videographers, X number of editors? Does everybody do their own editing? Like, what is that like? So, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like a combination sure. of, of everything. Um, I definitely, I think, like, majority of videographers nowadays are also somewhat photographers. Mm-hmm. But then you have, like, people who are actually photographers. Right. You know what I mean? I think with the way that everything is now, everyone thinks that they're a photographer or a videographer or whatever. So it's kind of tough. Um, Guilty. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it is what it is. And, like, that's all cool, too. Like, um, you know, it's great. And if you're into that kind of thing, you should totally pursue it in whatever capacity that is. You know, I have nothing against it. Um, But, yeah, I I try to keep, like, a couple, like, really good photographers around um, that are really good Mm -hmm. at that and... I primarily do product-related video stuff, and then I have another guy who does sports video stuff. I have another guy who does music video stuff. Now, both of those guys also do photography. Hmm. And then I have another guy who does uh, events and more like corporate-y kind of sales-y kind of things like that, who also does some photography. So everyone kind of has like a, a niche that yep. they're that they're really interested in and they'll venture outside of it a little bit but they try to focus primarily in that space sure and that seems to work well for us mm-hmm. yeah so then how do you balance the other businesses between your wife's salon and then well soon to be wife's salon and yeah. then your uh like the fashion store so yeah it's really tough man um i'm really grateful uh and lucky that my store uh 
it's been open for seven years now and the first like three years or so that we were open I was there every day open to close Monday through Sunday like grinding no paycheck I just started getting a paycheck from there like a year and a half ago mm. um, but at this point I have employees and I have a business partner there who deals with all of our accounting and inventory and things like that. So it's kind of self-sufficient. Um, I do like the marketing side of things now and uh, you know, focus on like some of the day-to-day -day operations, but more so like our emails and our website and our Instagram and social media and stuff like that, um, more of the back-end stuff. But it's kind of self-sufficient at this point. I have employees. They're scheduled. They're there every day. Everyone knows what they need to do. Shop runs itself. Um, it, it's incredibly difficult to get employees there because you can't just be anyone. Mm -hmm. It's not like a normal retail store where you're just kind of working a register and reading a price tag. Um, we buy, sell, trade. So people can bring shoes in and sell them to us. So any of my employees need to know how to legit check any pair of mm. shoes or designer bag or shirt that comes in. They also need to know how to price that item and what to price it at, what to buy it for. Um, so yeah, it's tough to get employees. So the employees that we do have, they've been with us for a while and they're highly trained and very good at what they do. So yeah, like I said, it's, it's self-sufficient, yeah. you know? I, I could go on vacation for a month and I would have no worries. They would be able to take care of everything. They're good. But it is still tough uh, to balance, you know? Because I also don't want to neglect or feel guilty about not spending enough time in mm -hmm. one place. So I mentioned it before, but I try to spend my Thursdays, all day on Thursday, I dedicate to the store. Um, usually the mornings is doing back-end things, and then for the second half of the day, I go to the store and shoot some content, mm -hmm. whatever. And then most of the time throughout the week, I'm popping in and out of there on any other day, checking in on things, seeing how things are going. If I have a break in between whatever else I'm doing, I'll hang out there for a little bit. I try and spend as much time there as I can. When you say that you go there and you shoot content, obviously doing this day in and day out, you develop some efficiencies and make things easier for yourself. I know for us, it takes us forever to edit things because we just don't know what, what we're doing 90% of the time. So right. have you, like, what type of, of efficiencies have you built into your process to, like, go to your store and just create content? Because that, yeah. that's, that's not a long process, but it can't be a short one either. Yeah, no. Um, I would say pre-planning is, is key um, in terms of shooting, at mm -hmm. least. In terms of editing... Eh, it's really just practice and like going through a workflow and like figuring out what works best for you for you a lot of people edit there's a million different styles of editing so you kind of have to figure out like what you like and mm -hmm. what you're good at and then figure out how to be most efficient that True. way uh, when it comes to editing but for shooting pre-planning is so key so for example when I go into the store like last week we were trying to do a big holiday push so we were shooting a bunch of reels and things for holiday stuff. So I spent uh, a few hours the day before in the notes. I just go to the notes on my phone and I'll make a list of, okay, what, what do I want to push? How do I want to push it? What do I want it to sound like? What do I want it to look like? And I start writing down ideas of, okay, we're going to do a reel for gift cards. 
and it's gonna be explaining to people how they can buy a gift card in store or online and it's a great holiday gift if you have someone in your family that loves fashion or shops with us but you don't know what to get them we offer gift cards here they are so I'll pre-plan all of that stuff so that when I get to the store, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what shots I need for all of these things, and I just go and get all the shots that I need, and then when I go to edit, it's also easy because I have everything broken up into sections already, so I can just rip through it. How long did it take you to not have to go back and like reshoot stuff? Oh my god, dude. <laughs> I, what? I still do that. Are you kidding me? Really? Oh my god. Yeah. I mean... Obviously, if I'm doing like a client shoot where I'm out somewhere or like on location uh, at Rec Room mm -hmm. or like, you know, uh, at any of the other million events or businesses that we work with, if it's something that's like live going on in the moment, obviously there's no reshooting going on right. there. So there's not much I can do. Uh, but like I was saying before, I primarily am focused on doing product work right now. I, I really enjoy making commercials uh, more than anything. Mm -hmm. So all of my other work I've been giving to the other guys here and just focusing on like the product stuff. But the product stuff consists of me in the studio, either by myself or with like another one or two of my guys sitting in front of that table over there with props and lights and things. And so many times I'll, I'll spend hours shooting something, think it looks great on the tiny little mm -hmm. screen on the camera, get it on the computer and realize, oh, this was out of focus or there's a hair or a piece of dust or something. And it's like, all right, so we got to go back and reshoot it and do it again. And, you know, it's I think that I've gotten better at it definitely over the years. Yeah. Uh, I can remember first starting like my product career uh, and like reshooting everything, like always <laughs> having to go back and do it. And it would get so frustrating and just like really discouraging mm -hmm. at sometimes. Uh, but yeah, I think just practicing a lot is, is, has gotten me a little bit further away from it, but I don't know if there'll ever be a time where I don't reshoot something. Right. I feel like that just has to happen. Yeah. So like, you, one of the pinned posts on your Instagram is your DJI, the yeah. mic one. Walk us through that because that's m magical. Yeah, what you did there. So and like, it's funny because like that video, it's not even like a. I didn't get like a ton of views or likes or anything crazy on it. I just really enjoyed that mm -hmm. video, and it was so fun to make. <laughs> so simple, also. Um, it seems like it would be a lot of crazy work. I guess it is in the edit, but the shooting sense of it. It was, uh, I had the idea for it. Yeah, exactly. I walk, you know, walk into frame. I'm kind of setting the tone, looking at this object. What is it? People are wondering now. They're looking, they're paying attention. And then I go to throw it in the air. In real life, I actually throw it in the air, but then I catch it. Uh, in the video, I throw it in the air. The camera follows it up. And as it's flipping, it's a little bit blurry, right? So I switch the one that I just threw with one that is spinning on a rotating disc that's just stationary on a desk. I'm shooting it with my camera on a tripod, and I screwed a hole in the bottom of that thing, put a pin through it, and it just sits there and spins on this rotating disc. So on a green screen. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I forgot to mention yeah. that. On a green screen. 
So then I key out the green screen and I position it so that it flows in nicely with the one that I just threw in the air. Um, and then everything else that you see from there is all green screened shots. So nothing is actually coming out of the thing that it opens mm -hmm. and it looks like things are flying out, but they're not actually flying out. I just shot all of those individually and then I hid them behind the box. So when they come up, it looks like they're coming out of the box, but they're actually just behind it and they're coming up and yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. It's so simple. <laughs> it really it is. is simple. If you know, exactly. If you, you know, know what's going but on. like yeah. for mm -hmm. me to learn, and understand how to even process that mm -hmm. and how to even figure out how to do something like that is like years of like bullshitting and like playing around. Right. You know? There's that. But then there's also, <clears throat> excuse me, there's also that creative element that a lot of people don't have. Right. Like we make that joke all the time. We, we also have like massive imposter syndrome, but we go back and forth about, okay, what can we do? you know, within A, B, and C, and then we'll go through each one, and it's just like, we're, I feel like I'm immediately hitting a wall, and then we'll joke, and we're like, it's, we're just not creative people. Yeah. Because we're very literal. Like, we don't have that same kind of, no pun intended, but lens. Yeah. And then randomly, we'll, we'll do a commercial for a company, and then for no reason, it'll just, we won't talk for half a day and then we'll just combine all of the different content that we've captured and then we'll produce something and we're like dude we created that it's yeah. like yeah we're creative yeah. Sick, but it man. was just because we were in our own zone for so yeah. long and there was no distractions like for you were sure. able to just key in on one thing yeah so it's really cool to see how you can do that with products we'll do that with a commercial for a company and then the whole marketing piece it's just like we're just we're, literally everyone's just trying to figure it out yeah totally man and i i Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply feel like uh, the whole creative thing, and we kind of touched on this before about everyone is kind of like a photographer and a videographer mm-hmm. nowadays, and that's all cool, but it's like you're either born with the creativeness or you're not. Mm-hmm. So that is going to eventually come through. You can copy videos on the internet. You can do exactly what other people did, and you can get really good at that. You know, you see somebody with their iPhone and they're flipping it up and doing all these crazy things and you can copy that exact same thing and you can probably make a really good video mm-hmm. and you could probably right now build an entire business off of right. that and, and have no problem. But eventually that's probably going to catch up to you when you actually need to do something that involves creativity mm-hmm. and creative thinking and you're going to struggle a little bit. I, I do think that it can be taught slightly but I just think that there's got to be something inside of you that wants to learn it and, yeah. and process that information in the right way to be able to get to that point. The, the biggest thing that we learned when, when our equipment started to scale up and then we incorporated like a drone or yep. we incorporated a gimbal and we're doing, say like for example, a commercial, we'll go into it with certain shots that we want to get, right? And then you'll learn to your point, you gotta be eager to learn certain elements that create like a good commercial or a good video. Right. And you'll take those tidbits of, okay, if I'm, if I'm moving to my right, I'm gonna pan left. And I'm right. gonna do the adverse of what I'm actually doing. And, and there's, there's a term for the shot, right? Like we all know. Yeah, so yeah. that's cool. So you've learned that. And then it's trial and error on how to master it and perfect it. So you'll go into whatever it is and you'll add that element into your recording. But to your point, it's the overall, what am I trying, what's the essence of this content that I'm about to capture? Like, what am I really trying to dive into and right. then develop so that the viewers go on the same journey that I'm going on? Right. And that element is what gets filtered out, to your point. with yeah. Like, yeah. you can create a business of recreating something that already exists. Exactly. But when you're given a blank slate and you're hired by a company, it's a total different animal. And yes. it's storytelling and in, like imparting exactly. emotion into that. Business. And that so is exactly. so stressful, dude, because yeah. then you're sitting there, you're like, this company invested legitimate money in yeah. a hope that I can create something that, okay, like yeah. I'm 24 years old. Like <laughs> I don't, I got a camera, bro. Like, I don't know what I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah. Like I know this plugs into this. Right. And then you're out there and you're like, dude, you're the marketing dude. Like go after it. Yeah. And you have that like, all right, I'm just going to dive in. Like, yep. is I'm just going to forget about every ounce of anxiety that I'm experiencing right mm-hmm. now and just dive into it. And then you come up with something really cool. And that's and the fun part. It. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's the back end of 
kudos, learning like the I'm going to I'm going to know everything about Premiere Pro. Yep. I'm going to figure out like okay, and it's just like paint all over again on yep. like Windows 95. Like I'm going to yep. figure this out and not to date ourselves, but I'm going to make this how I want to do it and then to your point like create that story so the viewer sitting there like that was so cool. Yeah, so storytelling in my opinion is one of the hardest parts and that's something that like I had to learn too and it's like I knew how to get really cool shots like I, I figured out and like my brain works that way where I I can see something and know that it looks good like that you know mm -hmm. or from this angle or from this angle this angle looks better yep. I n understand that but then you throw storytelling into the mix and that's what really makes a good video or a good piece of content good Mm -hmm. is the story and like even photographers and like taking a photo like photos telling stories like that is like a whole nother beast like a video we have time mm -hmm. we we can build things up and and do things in different ways and build up a story and make it make sense yeah. whereas like photographers they're taking a photo and that photo can tell an entire story right there mm -hmm. that that someone will immediate re immediately relate to or see and it, it's just crazy and storytelling is something that i struggled with for a while and, it, and it's so difficult to to kind of like get a grasp on and and figure out yeah do we, you guys what were you gonna say uh, to his point about the storytelling piece we had um we we got hired by a company for like a legitimate marketing piece and they're like just come here and market the entire distillery and we're like all right rock and roll the only literally personally full disclosure my saving grace was if we have to build like a documentary of this place what would that look like and Derek did a fantastic job with narration and like piecing it all together and capturing the content to create that story like what you were saying with certain photos and then a ton of video content but at like when we separated the only, and I'm sure you've done the same thing. We've all seen planet earth. Yeah. So it's one thing to take a photo of a cougar who's like exhausted after exhausted after a hunt. Right. And right. then that's going to tell its own story. But then when you look at how do I document the hunt? Right. How do I capture the actual hunt on video to then explain that same story where the photo is going to be a cougar with blood on its mouth. And right. you're like, okay, it was a successful hunt. I understand that. And then it's going to tell a thousand words. The video is going to tell a million words. Right. So for us, and then I, I'm really curious on your piece, do you go, do you attack it the same way where you're trying to correlate it to other things that you've seen where for me, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to count this up as like planet earth. How do they make planet earth? Okay. They probably got a shot from here, here, and here. They got this angle here, here, and here. And then I can develop a to B tie it all in and then bring it back home to the main point of it's a distillery. Perfect. Right. So how do you go into certain, whether it's a commercial or whatever to then what, like, what do you pull from? So, I I watch a lot of movies. For one, I'll start there. I probably watch 500 movies a year, no lie. I, I watch at least one movie a day, literally. Every single night when I get home, before I go to bed, I'm a night owl. I'm up all night. I usually go to bed around 2.33 in the morning. Are you annoying to watch movies with, though? Like, are you like, this is... Nope. I, I see that triangle nope. under their eye. Nope. 
I don't say anything. <laughs> I don't even think about it like that. Oh, really? Literally. That's good. I do, in my head, yes, I, I will pick apart certain scenes, but I'm not that person that, like, I'm sitting next to in the movie, like, oh, they didn't, <laughs> like, do this. Or I'm never like that. If I'm watching a movie, I am fully, like, engulfed in that movie and enjoying the film and just mm-hmm. and just following the story and paying attention. And you know what I mean? Sure. But my brain is also taking notes on, on things that are going on. I even have a note section in my phone that I've had going on for years now where when I watch movies, I will have a note for that movie and I will timestamp, okay, this part of that movie, I really liked how they did this mm. and I'll write it out and explain it. For me, um, I'm forgetful. And it's for me to write something or type something, I can remember it a lot better. So even if I never look back on those references in my phone ever again, just the fact of me getting them out there and typing it or putting it down, it helps me remember it a little bit better. Um, But when I'm going into the process or like pulling from certain things, uh, I save lots of things on Instagram that I may have liked, and I, I may take inspo from things like that. I use Pinterest a lot. I, I go on Pinterest, and I may take like uh, lighting inspo mm-hmm. from certain things that I see on Pinterest or certain videos I see on Instagram or in movies or whatever. Um, but really, I, I really just find out from my client, okay, what, what is the goal? Like, what do you want? To what's the main goal? What are we telling people here? What do we want people to do after they watch this? So when I figure that out, then I start from the beginning. How am I going to get them there? What is the process going to be like? I don't know if I can really like put it into words. It's just like I just come up with as many ideas as I can, and I start a storyboard of, okay, we're going to start here, we're going to go from this shot to this shot to this shot. We're going to end on this shot. And hopefully in between, someone connects with it and, and it does something for them. You know, that's really all I hope for. And I, I really think it's just having the creative mind and the creative brain and practicing it mm-hmm. and, and going over it and doing it a million times and finally figuring out what works. And I struggle with imposter syndrome and the same thing just as much as anyone else. Even having six-figure clients, I still have that issue. And I'll get clients and them want a certain project from me. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, right. you know, I struggle with that all the time. Yeah, how do you how do you judge the success of something you do? Because it, being in content creation for a business, it's more than just looking at how good your video did on YouTube. Like right. you don't you don't get the luxury of saying this got a million views. So right. how do you judge how successful something is that you provide to a business? So it really depends on the goals of that business or what they're trying to do with it. But um Uh, something that we look at a lot is just like the analytics, just like anybody else on Instagram or wherever they're putting that video. What are the analytics? How many people watched it? How many clicks did we get? You know, like how many comments, um, anything like that. And we see, okay, this video did this and this video did less. So every business is different in a sense where their audience, every audience is different. 
So uh, one of my beer clients or beverage clients, their audience might be different from rec room's mm -hmm. audience or someone else's audience. So I, I feel like part of, a big part of my job is figuring out who is your audience and what do they care about. If we can figure that out, we can figure out how to make great videos. It just really depends on the audience. Mm -hmm. We need to know what they want to see and, and what they're connecting with the most. So, yeah, it's just it's going through analytics and, and seeing what does the best. Um, to be honest, like, if I feel really good about a video and I really liked it and I think that it did what it did or what I wanted it to do, I'm happy mm -hmm. with it. And also, to be honest, and not to sound cocky or whatever, I, I really haven't had too many clients be like, this isn't it, or like, sure. th that wasn't the one, or that didn't work, or whatever. You know, I've, I've never really, maybe very early on in my career, I've had those experiences, mm -hmm. but I've fine-tuned things for so long now that it's like, if you tell me what you're looking for, I promise you, we'll get there. Do you, you ever know? look back at some of your early stuff and oh just cringe? God. Dude, <laughs> I, I like frequently do it. I, I feel like I do it sometimes to, to humble myself and also just to, you know, sometimes I'll have a client like Whiskey Riot Festival, mm -hmm. for, for example, the guys at Tommy Rotter, they reached out to me uh, recently and said, hey, we need you to pull some clips from the first festival you shot, which was, I don't know, 2019. And... Uh, we need you to put some ads together for the new ones that we're doing. I was like, all right, cool. So I pull out the big old hard drive that's been sitting in a safe under my desk for years and uh, start digging through everything. And I always can't help myself. If I'm looking for one thing, I end up going through every single video <laughs> on there just, just for fun, really. Um, but I look back on some of the first things I did and I'm like, what <laughs> is this? It's so bad. It's so bad. And I'm like, why did anyone ever hire me? It's so terrible. Yeah. But it was also, I got into all of this before it was a thing. Now it's such a thing. Everyone is doing it. It wasn't like that when I first started. Mm -hmm. Like there were like three people in Buffalo even that were even doing anything remotely close, you know? And, and now it's like every other person that you talk to is a content creator right. or, or somebody, you know? So, yeah. I, I feel like that gets tough, though, because even now, phones are capable of creating some decent sure. content. So it's and tough good. because, yeah, everybody feels like they can create it. Yeah. But like we, get, we, we talked about, it's about that storytelling and that creativeness that really separate somebody like you creating content for a business and somebody that's just like a influencer coming in with their phone and creating marketing for material. Sure. Like there, there's a difference there. I think there's, uh, I think both can exist. Mm -hmm. uh, I really believe that because, especially now, there's there's many different kinds of content now. It, it's not so black and white, mm -hmm. cut and dry. It, it's there's influencer kind of content or makeup artists like my fiance she is super into doing makeup videos she literally just sets her phone up or whatever and we even got her like she has a nice camera <laughs> like obviously with me doing what i do like she has a nice camera she never uses it <laughs> she literally just sets her damn phone up 
and uses that to record. And I'm like, whatever, it is what it is. But she'll just record like time lapses or whatever of her doing her makeup. And, you know, that's great. And people love that. And there's people that are famous for doing that. And there's no editing, no story. I mean, I guess there's kind of some storytelling in there, but there's really not much involved. And then there's people like me who make commercials and then there's people who go way further beyond me that are really making like Super Bowl commercials mm -hmm. and and you know the crazy stuff um, but I think both can exist and and it's kind of it's kind of cool to see them both it can be a little frustrating sometimes or a little bit right. annoying just because it's like you know everyone thinks that they're a content creator or like does certain things and you can't really tell someone anymore that they're not a content creator that they're not doing something because if they're holding their phone up and they're recording a video and then they're somewhat editing or doing something and then they're uploading that video you're a content creator mm -hmm. you just created that content you put it out there in the world you did that so like you can't really argue that yeah. but some of it is just a little bit annoying is there just, you know is there like a term that is separating different content creators? I honestly don't know. Like, w what is are you? Are you a marketing company? Are you a video production company? Like, what are you? you so what? The, you tell me. The I'm people, curious. The people that use a phone, I would deem amateur. Yeah. And then you have professionals that have, like, contracts or, like, yeah, a legitimate still, business. That's like, still called content. Like, I'm talking about, like, are you... That, I think that's the only difference, though. Yeah. Like, there's amateurs that's and then the there's thing. pros. That's the thing, though, too, is to your point, like, the content creator is is a very, like, oh, wide, broad, broad term yeah. at this point. Oh, yeah. So it's like, there are just, there are, like, certain uh, niches, I guess, within the content creator uh, realm that you or me fall into, mm -hmm. you know? It's just like, what do you do? Do you make podcasts? Do you shoot stuff on your phone? Yep. Do you make reels. makeup uh, tutorials? Right. Do you TikToks. make reels? Do you make TikToks? Like, there's so many things out there, and there's so many people that, like, just do TikToks or just make Instagram reels or just make makeup tutorials or whatever. And I know? think the people that are serious with whatever they do, they'll just be upfront about what they do. Like, I run a podcast. I run a YouTube channel. Like, I right. create TikToks. I create reels. Like, right. oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, what is it about? Like, yeah. oh, it's about my, you know, the relationship with my dog. And then there's just, like, I run my dog's Instagram page. And then I create content based on my dog. And there's, like, famous Instagram pages where it's just one dog. Right. So I think that's the, you know, the different uh, differentiating mm -hmm element to it all i suppose i think uh we even struggle with that a little bit with the studio because we offer a lot of different services here we make tiktoks we make reels we make highly produced commercials um we shoot events we do podcasts we do so many things so when people come to us and say oh what can you do for me or what do you do it's like hard to it's more so like, what do you want? Right. You yeah, know? what do you need? Like, what, what can we do for you? Because we do a lot of things. And like I mentioned before, some of my guys are into sports or events or music or whatever. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's, there's so many different aspects. But I notice and I know that like a lot of guys that are kind of OGs or have been doing uh, commercials or video uh, film for a while 
they don't like to be called content creators, mm -hmm. you know, right. um, because the term content creator has kind of turned into people that are just making makeup tutorials right. or making TikToks or whatever. So, like, the term content creator doesn't hold very much weight at this point in time. So when you, building your studio, are bringing in somebody, what is your process to bring them in? Because everybody's a content creator. So are you looking yeah. at everybody's material and saying you can represent the brand? Or what is yeah. that like? So it's funny. We, uh, I actually just made a post last night, and I'm sure people won't be able to see this, but I'll hold it up anyway and just show you guys. <laughs> um, I literally made this. Oh, okay. So we're going to be putting this out. I don't know when this is going to come out, but soon, um, saying that we're hiring. Uh, I'm looking for um, videographers that have somewhat experience. Uh, I, there's a lot of different things that we need here, and a lot of the people that we have here already fill those needs. The problem is, is that we keep getting more people that the people that fill those needs are getting overwhelmed mm. and now they need someone to help them with what they're doing. So if I was bringing someone in, I would immediately ask them to send me a demo reel of show me the work that you've done. And I would only want to see what it, if they were coming to me and saying, I'm just an editor, I don't shoot. Then I would say, okay, send me everything that you've edited, not everything that you've worked on with 10 other people, right. everything that you alone have done start to finish. That's what I want to see. Um, and then just figuring out where they would fit best and what they could do, you know, for the mm -hmm. business and, and for our clients that we have currently. That's crazy. I mean, you, you've clearly built this the right way because you have so many different lanes that you can go in. I mean, we've talked about podcasts, sports marketing, business marketing. Yeah. You just, you've built this so well. Like, do you ever take a look back and say, this is, this is what I've done? Like, that's got to be so humbling, too. Yeah, definitely, man. And uh, I feel like I, uh, I'll never really be satisfied, mm -hmm. which is like a blessing and a curse at right. the same time, Absolutely. you know? And... I'm super proud of uh, all the accomplishments that I've had and everything that I've done, but I still am not yet where I would like to be. And really the biggest thing for me is I re realized over the last couple of years, in the beginning of my career of being an entrepreneur, I guess you would call it, uh, I was very selfish. And I, I just wanted, I wanted me to be out there. Mm -hmm. I wanted my face, my name. I wanted me to be the center of attention. And I did this and I built this and this is mine and whatever. Now, fast forward, I've realized that I really enjoy more helping other people getting to where they want to be or putting them in position to where like they maybe just quit their job and they're taking a gamble on like being a content creator or doing video or something for the first time. And I'm like, all right, this person just risked their life basically right. on, you know, coming here and, and working with me. So I'm like, I, my main focus is like, I want them to be happy, comfortable, secure, making money and feeling good about what they're doing. I'm also really 
I really love teaching a lot. Um, I try to teach the guys here as much as I, and I don't know everything, but I try to teach them as much as I know. But I've found lately that I really enjoy those things more than me being the center of attention. Sure. And, you know, like, oh, look what I did kind of thing, you know. Is that a helicopter? Sounds like it, right? 100% a helicopter. It is. It sounds low. It sounds really it's close. It's very low. Is it landing in the parking lot? <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw him flying uh, earlier today, obviously, probably because of the storm. But yeah. Yeah, crazy. So but with your business, though, what what is next then? Like, you say you're never going to be satisfied. Like, what is your next thing that you want to either venture into or is it developing a full functioning podcast studio like what is your next thing that you want to do yeah so um i think there's a couple uh different ways that i can answer that um coming into this studio in the first place i'll start there is this this building and everything that we do here is not cheap mm -hmm. Everything that I that we do within this business, I could have run it out of that small little garage that we were in, and that would have been fine. Mm -hmm. we, we could have done everything that we needed to do there. All of my like high-paying clients and 90% of the money that comes into this business, I could have accomplished all of that in that garage. The main reason that I built the studio in the first place is because I wanted to give other people from Buffalo, the creative industry, the underground art kids that we don't have anywhere to go. We don't have spaces and things to do. So I wanted to build something that was beneficial for other people, not just me. Mm -hmm. So, and I really kind of took a hit on that because I'm paying way more money for this space. Mm -hmm. And the return, I would say, is I would make way more of a return in that smaller studio that I talked about a minute ago, you know. Um, but that's kind of the goal is uh, I want to have a space to where the mid to low level to somewhat high level creators in Buffalo and art people and, and you know, everyone in that aspect has somewhere to kind of call home or that you know they can do things and they know that it's not a corporate vibe here where it's right. it's very uh you know like some of the other studios it's very don't touch anything or you can't do anything in there yeah. you and know? it's super expensive and it's also super expensive yeah. and that's the thing and i was like i want something that's like affordable to people like me you know because that doesn't exist so that's like a big goal for the studio, mm -hmm. for this business, is that is where I would like this to go and continue to do what it's doing, but at a, at a higher level, you know, um, still catering to the, to the same people that I just spoke on, but, you know, just more of it. I want more people in here. I want, I want more people to find out about it and understand what we're doing here sure. and, and help with that. Um, for me... I would love to strictly be doing large commercial shoots, whether that involves a little bit of traveling or whatever, where like I'm spending an entire month on one mm. project mm. and it's a 50, a hundred, $150,000 project for Ford mm. or something. And, you know, once a month I'm doing things like that and I'm, 
continuing to to build and work on the studio space here and help everybody else that's involved and same thing with the store uh, we're looking to add other locations to the store so i continue to keep doing that and and just growing as much as as much as possible you know that's really the goal it's got to be really cool to be in your position we've talked to a lot of creative and i'm putting that in a, in a bubble but creative people like artists uh graphic designers t- tattoo artists and people like that where they can now pick and choose what they want to do that interests them it's not just a i need job a job i don't care if it's succulent making like i just need right. something and you're at that point now where you can pick and choose and be like i don't necessarily want to do this commercial i can do this commercial because this is really where my heart lies which i think is just yeah. reaching that next level of success really that's that's exactly where i want to be yeah um and i think i'm part of the way there now where i kind of get to pick and choose a little bit but a lot of that is because i have a a team around me Mm -hmm. and they're able to help me while i also help them Uh, i can give them jobs that i don't necessarily want to do anymore and they can also get jobs for me that they need Mm -hmm. or they want to do and it's good experience for them and whatever so like i was saying i'm just trying to uplift and and build up the people around me as much as i can and help them you know, get to where they want to be. And, and it also selfishly helps me at the same time True. because I can dish off some of the things that I don't want to do. And yeah, it's great. It's an awesome feeling. Yeah. And for years I had to just be like, Oh, you want headshots done? Sure. I'm down. I got a camera. I can shoot pictures. Let's do it. You know, like I'll take any job that gets thrown at me. <laughs> and I think that that's important for people to do when they're starting out and sure. figuring out what they want to do. You got to get a taste of everything until you figure out what you want to do. I tried everything I, I could until I figured out that product stuff was really what I love doing. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, that, yeah, it's that's crazy. awesome. And you're crushing it. So it's, it's super cool to see something like this be so successful in Buffalo, because I think that, I mean, you could probably vouch for this too. If there was a studio like this when you were first starting out, oh my God. it probably would be a completely different ball game for you. Yeah, dude, I would have loved it. <laughs> and I say that to like the guys here all the time too. I'm like, Man, like I wish, like I wish I was five or seven years ago in your spot, you know, like sitting at a desk here and (laughs) like learning and like getting someone telling me because when I started, I didn't have anyone. Mm -hmm. I had nobody like I didn't have a mentor like anybody around that was doing anything really that I I could lean on or, or be like, ask a question anything i just had to youtube and like try and figure everything out to the best of my ability so yeah i i would love to like i said i would love to just do that more and just teach and and build other other people up Mm -hmm. and try and get them to where they want to be you know i'm content yeah i'm like happy like if i didn't go a step further for the rest of my life i i would be like cool i i accomplished things and i'm good with where i'm at so So where can people find you and follow you? I mean, we talked about Instagram and content creation, but where is your content? Yeah, so um, uh, I post things on my personal. Also on the studio, we do a lot more. So my personal Instagram is at AKXAdam. The studio Instagram is at Welcome to Legacy House. My store is at The X Seller. Nice. Yep. 
Anything that we didn't touch on that you want to get to? No, I don't think so. I, think I just want to give a shout-out to all of my guys at the studio that couldn't be here tonight yeah. and everyone that's helped get to this point, all of my guys at the store, my wife, future wife, love her to death. Without her, I probably, we wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. She uh, convinced me at one point in life that I was actually good at my job because I never thought that I was. So shout out to her and uh, everyone else that is involved. And thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. It's been Absolutely. fun. Thank you so much. Everybody go check him out. Go And if you are an aspiring content creator, I don't want to use that word, but if you're an aspiring content creator, hit him up. He has 11,000 square feet of studio yes. space that you can uh, use to your leisure. So definitely go give them a follow and check them out. Thanks, yes. man. Appreciate Let's it. Let's work. Thank Shoot you. me, uh, send me a demo reel. We got one. Thanks, guys. your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.